Welcome to the Doorway to Self podcast, a metaphysical container for all things mental health, all things human, and all things psychic. Because if you're human, you're psychic. Through the power of story, the gift of psychoeducation, and shared research of the human experience, we will delve into all things metaphysics to help bring to light the truth of your being. If you're on the journey home to your golden self, this is the podcast for you. Here we go. This is the Mental Health Revolution with Rachel Leah Gerson of Doorway to Self. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Doorway to Self podcast. My name is Rachel Leah Gerson, and I am your host and the creatrix of Doorway to Self, where I combine metaphysical concepts with psychic tools to help you enhance your understanding of mental health and wellness from a different lens. Today, I want to talk about an important topic, and it is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you guys know that there is some exciting news brewing on the horizon. As most of you know, for a long time now, I have only been seeing one client at a time through the Journey Apprenticeship Program and then also working with the Door Openers Online Support Group. I have decided... it, well, really, it's come to me that it is now time to start seeing people once again, whether that's online through Zoom or in person at a park from six feet away. It is time to start bringing people in the door to work in this capacity once again. So I am really, really excited about that. Before I even put this offering out there, I already started getting emails from people saying, I <laughs> I realized that you don't really have any offerings listed on your website. Are you still taking clients? And it's amazing to me how energy works because I have not gotten an email like that in months, in months and months. So that was really the confirmation for me that it is time. And so if you are wanting to work with me one-on-one, know that offerings are going to be put up on the website soon. I'm hoping within the next week or so as I kind of flesh out some new ways that I'm going to be putting things out there. But in the meantime, if you are wanting to work one-on-one and book that as soon as possible, you are welcome to email me at doorwaytoself at gmail.com and just let me know what you're interested in, what kind of work you're wanting to do, and I am happy to send you a private scheduling link so that you can book. So there's that exciting news, but I want to dive in right away now to today's topic because it is so exciting and relevant. The topic is that of story, that of our personal story. What is it that makes you who you are? And as we are children, as we develop a connection to the world through the lens of our personal soul essence, right? That vibration that is yours, that is solely yours, that you come out to meet the world with, 
we are shut down, shot down, told to be quiet, told it's not right, told our version of things is not reality, told that, um, you know, in one form or another, we as ourselves, as our divine, unconditional love, as our core beings, something about it is wrong. And that's where trauma sets in. And this is something that I have talked about on several episodes thus far. But what I want to talk about on this episode specifically is the idea of reclaiming your essence through redefining and reclaiming your story. So what I mean by that is we all have a story. And I think this is a really pertinent episode to come out amidst our current social climate. You know, as I'm recording this, I had just recently done a reading on Facebook and Instagram, a card reading, and I pulled the tower card. And the tower card in tarot is all about things tumbling down. It's about buildings that we have built or structures that we have built or systems that we have built that are not operating correctly that all of a sudden just kind of crumble. And so that's, you know, that's what we are in the midst of right now is this energy. And a lot of that is having us to introspect and look at ourselves, look at our stories from a new lens, from a new light. And perhaps if you're listening to this, you might even be thinking to yourself, gosh, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know um, how to approach this topic because I don't quite know who I am to approach it. And so... You know, I'm I'm also speaking from a lot of inspiration right now. We, in our door openers support group online, if you're looking for a support group, we do have spaces available. You can check that out, facebook.com slash groups slash the door openers. If you want to join, you can just answer all of the questions and then um, donate to donorbox.org slash doorway to self and you will be admitted into the group. Um, but we do these things bi-monthly where we have basically table topic discussions and so we come together on Tuesday evenings twice a month the uh, during the week of the first and third quarter moons and we talk about a topic of choice that the group has voted on well for this last topic and of course I have no idea when this recording is coming out because I've just been frantically recording things as I've been very excited um, lately and, and very impassioned to um, talk about things um, but at the time that I'm recording this we just finished up talking about um, about dismantling racism and so the entire topic of the evening was was rooting through all sorts of things rooting through what does this look like from a multi multicultural perspective what does this look like from a white perspective what does this look like from somebody who is identifying as biracial perspective you know etc um and you know dismantling white guilt and all of the good stuff that comes along with this um and one of the things that came up in our group was this idea of intersectionality. 
Now, this is something that I have studied very deeply because of my counseling background, but I recognize that a lot of people don't know what that term is, and a lot of people could benefit from that. And that's honestly where a lot of the fire for this episode is coming from, is this idea of taking a peek into the importance for our mental health of self-identifying, of understanding all of the pieces that make up who we are and where those things intersect. And that's where that term comes from, is intersectionality. Where do our different identities intersect within our beings? And it's interesting because what I have found personally and also with the clients I've been working with, what I have found is that when we begin to put labels on ourselves and identify with those labels labels and get really comfortable in those areas with ourselves, we then are able to live beyond those labels. So what I mean by that is we're able to find the ability to expand and to have new experiences, whether that is through accepting other people's stories and becoming more open to different perspectives from other people, or it may be that we are able to experience um, labels beyond our own within ourselves if that's something that is a possibility. So obviously, if you're not a black person, you're not going to be able to experience being black. However, if you are somebody who identifies as, let's say, cisgender, right, you identify as the gender that... uh, you identify as the gender that's matched with the sex that you were born as. So for instance, if you were born as a female, a sexed female, so you have female parts and you identify as a female, that would make you cisgender. Well, perhaps um, coming to terms with that label would then open the doors for you to start exploring your gender on another level. Maybe it's through accepting that you are born in a female body and identify as a female that then you're able to expand past that and start questioning maybe uh, if that's actually the label that fits you. Maybe it's through saying this is who I am that you're then able to breach those barriers and explore what it would be like to be gender fluid or to be trans or you know something like that maybe at that point in life it would fit you better and so a lot of this is about fluidity as well and accepting the fact that we can put these labels on ourselves and we can explore those parts of ourselves as our story but also leave room for those stories to change as we grow and change as well. So that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, you might not be able to do that in some areas, but you absolutely could in other areas. So in reclaiming these parts of ourselves, we are giving ourselves permission to expand innately. We're giving ourselves permission to expand fully within our own bodies, within our own energy bubbles, so to speak, as our full selves, bringing our full selves to the table. And then when we get comfortable in that and we're able to walk into a room as the dynamite that we are exploding into light, exploding into love all around us, 
we are also then able to meet other people at their light, at their love, where they're at. We're able to see where our differences are and meet them with more love because we've been able to meet our own identities with love. So I'd love to um, suggest an activity for, for you to do with this episode, and this is something that we did in the group as well during our chat the other night, but it's so important. I felt the need to extend it outwards to you guys listening here as well. It's to do some sort of exercise about your own intersectionality. So what that might look like is you know, maybe journaling about it or maybe creating, you know, I had one class where we had to create a web. So drawing a a web on a piece of paper and filling in the lines of the web with all of the different parts of us that make us who we are. Um, Maybe having a conversation about who you are with a safe and trusted source and, and opening the space for them to do the same with you or maybe talking about it with a counselor or mental health helper or a um, metaphysical practitioner of some sort, you know, maybe um, maybe doing an art project out of it, maybe writing a song about it. I don't care what it is, but, um, you know, meditate on it or sit with it or write about it and, and do something to really flesh out who it is that you are. Because a lot of the time what happens societally is we are not really paying attention to who we are and rather we're paying attention to where we're needing to strive to be or where we're perceiving that we need to strive to be. And a lot of that comes with societal structure. So, okay, for instance, you know, okay, you are a woman and so therefore you should be, um, uh, I don't know, what's a stereotype? You should be wearing makeup, right? And so we strive to be that way if we're women who identify as women and feel like, okay, that's, you know, something I need to do in order to fit in societally. Now, I'm not saying that that is what every single woman's experience is. It's obviously not mine. If you've seen any of my videos, I don't wear makeup, but I did in high school. I did have that experience then. So, um, you know, my, my point is, is that oftentimes when society shows us the picturesque version of things, humans as a rule, generally like to find ways to fit in. And so we learn from a young age, oh, this is how you portray yourself as X, Y, Z. And that is then, you know, how you should go about walking through the world. Okay. Um, And so really challenging yourself on those structures as well, challenging yourself on, am I presenting myself in a certain way because it's what I've been told that I should present myself as in order to fit this specific label that I, that I jive with, you know? And so a lot of the time that can be very defeatist to our mental health because we're self-abandoning without even realizing it. We are letting our actual soul essence and our actual expression go by the wayside in order to express ourselves in a way that we believe fits the label that we're wanting to fulfill, if that makes any sense. And so what I want to challenge you to do is not only to figure out what are all of these different um, parts of me that make me up, but how have I been expressing myself to fill these labels? Because we shouldn't have to 
fill any labels. It's that the labels should fit us, right? We, we should be able to say, oh, okay, to use that same example, I identify as a woman and that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to wear makeup in order for people to recognize that I'm a woman, right? So um, what are some things that we can think about here? I want to take a moment to just break down the different aspects that make up intersexuality, or excuse me, intersectionality. So what are some of these different aspects? So the, the, you know, the one at the forefront right now is obviously race. And this is interesting because a lot of people are a lot of different races. And I think that, you know, something that often, oftentimes humans have a hard time with is people who fit into multiple boxes, right? So I want to let you know that most people are not going to fit into one box for this. You might be white and black, you might be biracial, you might be triracial, you might be, you know, whatever it is, you have, you are allowed to have several different racial identities. It doesn't have to just be one. So starting with race, how do you identify that way? And I'm going to pause in between each one of these just in case you guys are taking notes or something as you're listening to this so that you can begin to write down some of your identities too. So how do you identify racially? So the next part of this is going to be how do you identify ethnically? And that can be very different from racially. So I'm going to give you an example. Ethnically, my dad was born and raised in Mexico. And so ethnically, I'm half Mexican. I'm not racially half Mexican. And actually being Mexican would not even be a race. It would be a nationality, right? So just like being an American would be your nationality. Being Mexican would be a nationality. It's a country. It's where you come from or where you're born from or whatever. So I do not have the nationality of being Mexican. My dad does. Um, But I do claim that as a big part of my ethnic identity. Whereas racially, I am white. I don't have Mayan roots or Aztec roots. I do not have brown skin. But ethnically and culturally, I do identify as half Mexican. That's where my whole family is on his side. That's how I was raised. It's how I was brought up. Chilaquiles at 3 a.m. at weddings. That's how it works. If you don't know what chilaquiles are, you're missing out. (laughs) So coming from Latina roots, a big part of my ethnic identity, whereas racially, I am white. I appear white. Um, And in my DNA, I am white. Now, where this gets a little bit hairy is people who are biracial, biracial or multiracial who appear to be white um, or who appear to be very dark-skinned black, um, who, you know, it's, it's hard to decipher um, kind of where race plays into that. But the fact of the matter is, is if that makes you you and if that makes you up, then that's a part of your identity that you can be claiming and that from my perspective personally, it's harmful not to claim. So to give you an example of that, 
I am also I come from a Jewish family and so I ha- I come from Jewish lineage and for a very long time I did not claim that as a part of my identity because I didn't like it. I was ashamed of it. I didn't um it didn't resonate with me for multiple reasons. And you know, when I hid that away, it was it became a shadow for me it was something that I was hiding from myself when I came back and fully reclaimed that um, a couple of years ago not as a religion but as an ethnic identity and some might even argue a racial identity which that's a whole other story we can go down that rabbit hole another time maybe but you know, when I began to reclaim that part of myself, it allowed me to grow even further into my being, even further into honoring my ancestry and where I came from and my bloodlines and what makes me, me. And so it's important to find out truly what it is that we are made of and we can make the choice to accept certain labels that we believe fit us better than others but the fact of the matter is when it comes to race and ethnicity we come from where we come from there is no denying that there is no backpedaling on that there's no way to reroute that that is a stationary part of our being and our existence and when we work to claim that or reclaim it, it helps us to better reclaim ourselves fully. So the difference between race and ethnicity is that we appear on the outside racially, although again, that gets a little bit more complex when we look into the deeper parts of it. Um And when we look at ethnicity, it's more kind of how, you know, the culture that you were brought up in. Next, we're going to look at sex. What is your physical sex? What are your parts? Do you have female parts? Do you have male parts? Perhaps you're somebody who's in transition and you have both parts. Or you are someone who is intersex. And so you have both parts automatically from birth. It's actually not as rare as we think. (laughs) Okay. Then we've got gender. And so you can identify, like I said before, as cisgender. So somebody whose gender identity matches their sexual reproductive parts that they were born with. Or you could identify as transgender. Somebody who does not identify with those parts, who, who identifies as the opposite. So perhaps you were uh, physically born in a female body and you identify as a male. And whether or not you have done the full physical transition into having male body parts and getting rid of female body parts, you would still be considered to be a transgendered male. Female to male, FTM, is the acronym for that. Okay, we also have our gender queer folk. What's up? <laughs> you could be gender fluid, gender queer, um, bi-gendered. All of those are going to mean different things. So I'm feeling the need to do a little bit of psychoeducation here just so you guys can 
kind of have a little bit of a handle and, and understand things more. You know, something I've been saying a lot recently in the door openers group and also on lives and whatnot, the saying is ignorance is bliss. And I disagree with that. I think we've moved past that in our society. Ignorance is no longer bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. Education is bliss. And so here we are and we're educating ourselves. And this is how we can move forward. Because when we know what we're talking about, that's when conversations can start. Or even when we don't know what we're talking about and we can come to the table and say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't understand this. Please help me. Please educate me. There's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with that at all whatsoever. Okay, um, so gender queer and gender fluid are two different terms that mean roughly the same thing. And of course, everybody's going to have their own definition of this. So please, you know, if you know somebody who identifies as either one of these things, um, feel free to ask them if it feels appropriate. You know, what is your definition of this? I'd love to become more educated on your perspective of this. So as I understand it, somebody who is genderqueer identifies with neither being a female nor a male. Um, and they identify with just kind of being... Um, their their own their own gender in and of themselves essentially so there is no male there is no female there is no masculine there is no feminine everything just kind of is um so there's that um gender fluid from my understanding and as somebody who identifies as gender fluid um basically my understanding of it is i do identify as a female but I do at points feel like a male and at points feel like a female. And so I allow myself to just kind of flow through, the, through those energies um, and embody those energies where they come up and where they're necessary, where they need to be. Now, again, that's my experience. That's my definition as a gender fluid female. However, somebody else's experience might be different. So it's always welcome to start a conversation if that needs to happen. Okay. Um, as for bi-gendered, um, there are people out there who will wake up one morning and feel very solidly like they are female that day. And then the next morning, wake up and feel very solidly like they are male that day. And so they identify towards those different genders depending on how they're feeling it might be by the day might be by the week might be by the hour but the point is is that they are able to kind of flip-flop between um, whatever gender they're identifying as and it's important to note too that gender is one of these concepts that is incredibly fluid okay so Perhaps for 25 years of your life, you are a cisgendered female and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're like, whoa, I don't know if I identify this way anymore and that is okay. Or maybe you identify as bigendered for, you know, years and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, nope, you know what, I, I feel differently about myself and I feel like, um, I, I feel like I can solidly identify with being a male at this point in my life. Um, and moving into being a cisgendered or transgendered male from that point, you know. So, so my point is, is that these things can change. And I think that some of the danger 
with putting labels on ourselves, where where I do think it is incredibly important to label ourselves in order for self-understanding, to develop story, to hear our own story, be our own story, live our own story, um, it also can be extremely damaging if we are boxing ourselves in boxing ourselves into those labels, right? So these labels are important to know yourself, but also know that you can move past them if need be. You can grow into another label if that's something that suits you better. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to transform into newer versions of yourself. So I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, we've got race, we've got ethnicity, we've got sex, we've got gender. Now we've got sexuality. And I'm not going to go through the list on this one because there are so many different sexualities we can have. Oh my goodness, so many. (laughs) But, you know, do you identify as gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, you know, the list goes on. As I said, I'm not going to go through all of them. So please don't feel like I'm leaving you out if I am not stating your label. I'm just giving these as examples. These are the ones that people tend to understand um, in terms of them being more mainstream. Um, So I... You know, if you're somebody who identifies as a different, with a different sexual preference um, and you want to educate people on that, please educate people on that. That's important. And if you want to educate me on that, I might not be educated on that. So please feel free to send me a message or an email. Let me know how you identify and what the definition of that is. I definitely welcome that education. All right. So sexuality, in a nutshell, is essentially what your sexual preference is in terms of who you are attracted to, and also this also encapsulates your romantic preferences as well. So for instance, some people might be sexually attracted to men and women, but only want to be romantic with women, or some people um, might you know, not want to be sexual at all, but have romantic feelings for somebody, um, you know, or, or vice versa. So the list goes on. But the point is, is that this is how you identify in terms of your sexual and or romantic preferences. Sometimes both of those line up. So you can be, for instance, a gay male and be sexually and romantically interested in men. Um, So this is all about your love and sex life. This is who are you attracted to. A lot of people tend to get this confused with gender identity. And so I just want to throw this in there that it is really important to understand that these are two different identities. You can be a man who identifies as a man who likes men. You can be a woman who identifies as a man who likes men. You can be a uh, gender fluid person who... um, who was born as a woman who likes men and women. I mean, it, the, you know, it doesn't matter. And my point is, is that this is where that idea of intersectionality really comes in because our gender identity is going to be completely separate and not hinging upon our sexual identity and vice versa. 
So I've brought this up before, and I'm going to bring it up again. I can't remember if I brought it up on the podcast or not. All of these things tend to blur together after a while. But a lot of the work that I personally did on all of this stuff, and there are more labels coming, so just you wait, but <laughs> a lot of the work I did on on this stuff personally was through a class called Gender Cultures and Families um, with Professor Marcy Peak, who is just an incredible human being at Western Michigan University, where I will be completing my graduate degree in counseling this weekend. And what she had us do on the first day of class was um, the assignment was something very similar to this and she had us come into the class you know I was honestly a little bit um, if I'm going to be completely completely open with you guys I was a little bit anxious for this class because other experiences that I had had classes about multicultural issues A lot of the time, people would kind of come in with this already defensive, aggravated nature. Um, And that goes across the board for people of all different backgrounds, okay? And so I was anxious that that was going to happen in this class. And as soon as we walked in and sat down, she said, I want you to disregard the idea of looking at groups of people to understand culture. And we're going to learn culture by learning each other individually. And my heart opened and blossomed so fully in exactly that moment because that's really the way that it should be. I mean, are there lines that go across cultures? 100%, 150% there are. But also, every single person has their own individual experience and perspective with all of this. And we cannot treat groups of people as though they're all experiencing the exact same thing, the exact same emotions, thought processes, reactions, lenses to everything that's going on just because they belong to a certain group of people or to a certain background or to a certain label. We have to start treating each other as individuals with individual stories, with individual backgrounds, with individual intersectional identities that we can then relate to and educate ourselves with through our own lenses and our own stories and our own intersectional identities. That's where the real work happens. It's not about, you know, reading a book that educates you on how to treat all Asian people or how all black people's experiences are because are there going to be through lines and similarities within racial and cultural aspects or or any of the aspects that we we just covered absolutely there are going to be through lines similarities um and and big community community experiences however that doesn't mean it's going to be the exact same thing for every individual and that's what we need to start doing is asking individual experiences stop trying to beat around the bush of of getting information from easier more academic source this is our opportunity to begin having conversations with people 
We have to under we have to make sure that we are giving room and giving space not to clump people under these labels. That's not what these labels are for. Do they bring people together? One hundred percent. Is that a beautiful thing? One hundred percent. But they can also be used destructively for us to look at groups of people rather than looking at the individuals. And that's what's important right now. That's what's important at this moment in time. And always, honestly. Okay. So the next part of this, we're going to be looking at religion. How do you identify religiously? Perhaps that looks like atheism or agnosticism. That counts as your religious identity. That's fine. Could also look like Christian, Catholic. Maybe you want to get more specific about Christian. Muslim, Jewish, pagan, etc. Whatever it is that you identify as, if I'm leaving something out that you identify as, I'm not trying to leave you out deliberately. Please know that. I'm just also trying to not make this episode six hours long. <laughs> Another identity that we can look at uh, is, are you able-bodied or not, right? So perhaps you are hearing impaired or sight impaired, or uh, maybe you have a physical disability. Maybe you have um, uh, some sort of physical illness that people can't see. You know, maybe you have... Um, something that's going on within your body that uh, affects your immune system, affects your ability to stay upright, and people can't necessarily see that on you. That would, those would all be identities as well. Um, of course, uh, the next thing to look at too would be, are you uh, mentally healthy? Do you have a label of mental illness that you identify with? And again, I want to remind you at this point that we can grow out of labels too right? Just throwing that in there. But do you identify as somebody who has depression or who has schizophrenia or who has PTSD or who has a substance use disorder? Um, you know, is, is there something else that you can add in that part of your label? Or do you identify as somebody who is mentally healthy, right? So, or maybe you identify as somebody who is recovered from a mental illness. Cough, cough, wink, wink. I'm right over here raising my hand. <laughs> maybe you identify as someone who's recovered from a mental illness and you're now mentally healthy. But it's very important to add that first clause in there, right? Because you can say, I'm mentally healthy, but it doesn't denote that you recovered from depression or anxiety or bipolar or whatever it is. Okay? So... That's all. All right. Next, we've got spirituality. And my gut hunch is, if you are listening to this podcast, if you are someone who is listening to the Doorway to Self podcast, you are very likely a spiritual person. Well, what does that spirituality look like? What does your spiritual practice look like? Where does it live in your body? How does it sit with you? And then we've got age. Where do you sit on the age range? Are you 16? Are you 30? Are you 60? Are you 905? I don't know. How old are you? How does that affect you? How does your age affect you? Perhaps you're every age. That that was a trick question. Everybody's every age. 
no but seriously what age are you now in this present in this human 3d experience of time and space how old are you (laughs) oh goodness and then of course we have the things that are extremely personal to you where did you grow up did you move at all are you adopted are you a child of a single parent are you a child of divorce Are you a child of familial blending, meaning, you know, two families that have that have come together after both parents have divorced or separated or one spouse has died or something like that? Right. What what's your what's your story? Did you grow up in the foster care system? What's your socioeconomic status? What was it like growing up? Did that change as you became an adult? Did your SES change when you became an adult? How did that affect you? Okay, we've got all of these different things to look at. All of these different things. And that's not even covering the half of it. What personal identities do you have? What personal labels that do do you have that maybe I haven't thought of that you label yourself, that you put on yourself? You know, maybe you're a star seed. Maybe that's one of your labels. Or maybe you are a, you know, what's your career? What's your profession? That would be a label as well. Maybe you're an artist. That would be a label. What are all of these things that make you you? All right, so once you've completed this list... It's important to then start looking at how that has affected your lens looking outward. How do you see the world? Because everything you just drew out creates the lens that you are looking at the world through. Your story. Okay, let me put it this way. It's kind of like. If you have ever had the experience of reading a book, or if you're like me and you're not necessarily a huge reader, watching a movie, and then walking outside and the exact same thing that was talked about in the movie is happening before your eyes. And you have all of this new information because you watched this movie that, or, or read this book that informed you on exactly what the situation is that's happening before your eyes. And so you knew how to deal with it out of the blue. You knew how to deal with it because you had this background information. The same thing is going on here. When you know your own story, when you have read your own book, when you have written your own book on the braille of your skin, you then have that backing you in any given situation that you go into which is really a beautiful thing because it means that we can all see the world from these different perspectives from these different lenses which then adds to the 3d experience and then even maybe the 5d experience And if we're going to talk about that, we can also add into your labels. How do you identify psychically? Are you clairaudient? Are you clairvoyant? Are you clairempathic? Are you an empath? Um, Same thing. Um, 
are you several of those things? Uh, you know, and, and the list goes on. If you don't know what any of those things mean or you are curious about what the rest of the labels are, check out the Psychic Abilities 101 episode. Um, but my point is, is that the list goes on. We have endless labels. Know yourself. I have a saying, know thyself to grow thyself. And that's exactly what I'm talking about in this episode. When you know your story, when you know how you identify, how all of those identifications meet in the middle and meet your essence, meet your soul, you can then meet the world at this new place of embodiment and you can meet this, you can meet the world at this new place with the ability for expansion, for growth. And then, holy cow, can you guys imagine being in a world where all we do is meet each other at this place of, I love myself and I can therefore see you in love and we can therefore expand together by viewing each other's selves as the stories as the lenses that we're looking through that's powerful so that's what I want to leave you guys with today I hope that's uplifting to you and I hope it is educational for you I hope it gives you a new perspective no pun intended on this whole process of being human and what that means and what that's like and how to approach it in a way that allows for growth, allows for health, and allows for love and acceptance on everybody's part. When we fail to accept ourselves, that's when we fail to accept others. When we are uneducated, that's when we fail to accept that which we are not educated upon. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. I love you. I see you. I feel you. I know you. Hmm. Take care. And have an absolutely beautiful rest of your day. Much love. Thank you so much for tuning into the Doorway to Self podcast. For helping to spread psychic education. And for being a part of the mental health revolution. I hope you have received exactly what you needed today for your personal growth, understanding, and healing. For more information on upcoming workshops, retreats, and online events, please go to doorwaytoself.com. Thank you, and have a beautiful rest of your day.